Hey there, Fellowship family. Welcome to your one-stop shop for all things church life. My name is Mark Francis, and once again, I'm your host for today. We are in the Christmas season right now. It is December, believe it or not. And here in our Fellowship family podcast, we've had episodes recently where we've celebrated and highlighted the 40th anniversary of our church More recently, we've gone into kind of this idea of prioritizing the body, of what does it look like to to engage with the church and use your gifts and talents. Well, here in December, we're going to begin to just chat about Christmas. And uh, I have some friends of mine with me, and uh, you may recognize them if you're watching, but um, if you're listening, you get a chance to hear them, which is great. I have Mike Lukens and Lori Lukens with me. How are you guys? Good. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. So... Um, Mike, people might recognize you because of your position here at church. So I'll just let you share kind of what do you do here and and uh, kind of give us a little bit of your history here at FBC. Sure. Um, so I'm the pastor of worship and creative arts. I've uh, been doing that for a little over 14 years. Um, we came here to fellowship in 1991, November of 1991, yeah. to serve as a youth pastor. And you were the second uh, not the second, but kind of like that second staff person to kind of get added beyond just like a, a senior pastor. Right. It was that, just, right? just Mark Carey was the pastor and uh-huh. they were looking for a full-time youth pastor. So they hired me. There you go. And here you are. How many years later? 29 years yeah. later. So. <laughs> Do the math. Yep. Right. Wow. Yeah. That's impressive. Sticking it out with Mark Carey this whole time. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, been good. <laughs> <laughs> Mike's not one to trash talk, but that's right, okay. No. Well, yeah, we'll egg it out of him later. Yeah. Lori, so how about you? I guess you came with Mike? I came with Mike. At the same Mike. time? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's oh, good? Yeah. Came with Mike. So give us your give us your history of kind of, I think you, I know a little bit about, but where did you guys grow up? And um, and Lori, I'll lean on you a little bit. How did you guys meet? Uh, that's um, all. I got to hear some stories. You know, Mike is the front person and does music on the stage and people see him and hear him every every week, I feel like. And, you know, we un- unpack that man behind the mask for us. Like what, what did you find appealing about Mike? <laughs> Uh, well, we met. Story. We met in junior high. Yeah, um, it was seventh grade, right? Mm-hmm. That's when you could start attending the youth program at our church. Mm-hmm. Um, his sister was Mary was on the ministry team. Mm-hmm. Yep, and she was my small group leader. And um, Mike and I hung out with a lot of the same kids. And every Wednesday night, we were at junior junior high night. Mm-hmm. It was called. Yeah. Yep. And yeah, he just, I think, but it was eighth grade, right? Wow. Eighth grade, I, uh, you know, asked her to go out with me. Okay. You know, which was the term back then. Yeah. Uh, I don't know where we were going, but, you know, it was go out. Yeah. And, uh, Did you just pass notes to each other and be like, hey, uh, or use, no, use the friends? No, to, you know, that, that, that Wednesday night, I got up the courage to, you know, corner her and say, hey, do you want to go out with me? And <laughs> her answer was? <laughs> I said, well, can I can I get back to you? Yeah. Wow. And then what was the answer after that? And then the following week I said, thanks, but you're not my type. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so the pursuit then continued, I'm assuming. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, Hey, that's I sound terrible, like no, a terrible no, person. No, it was wisdom. I think it was wisdom. <laughs> right? Yeah, eighth grade. Sure. Yeah. 
So then in 11th grade, um, we had a mutual friend who was killed in a car accident. And, mm. uh, mm-hmm. you know, it hit us both pretty hard. And we just kind of started spending some time together. I, you know, went, we would go running in the park and kind of, you know, decided we had this kind of uh, enjoyment of being together. Mm. And uh, so 11th, spring of our 11th grade year, 12th grade college um, I went off to the state university. She went to the community college and then she went to the state university and then transferred to Bible college where we ended up. Hmm. So we kind of followed each other kinda around. Stayed in college touch to college. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, but just backing yeah. up, what, like what town were you guys growing up? Oh, in? yeah. Uh, so just outside of Philadelphia. Okay. Bucks mm-hmm. County, mm-hmm. Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. He grew, grew up, up in Southampton and I grew up in Richboro. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So for all you Philly people out yeah. there mm-hmm. yeah. and, and you grew up an Eagles fan. Go Eagles. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I don't know how they're going to do this year. No, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's sad. Can't be over soon enough. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think a lot of people feel that way about yeah. any sports right now. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So continue the story and then uh, kind of you guys continue to chat and hang out and date and got yeah. engaged, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Is there yeah, a- so um, we got married after our junior year in Bible college mm-hmm. and uh, then finished up our senior year as a married couple. Mm-hmm. And Laurie was in the elementary education program and I was in the youth ministry program. Mm-hmm. And during that time, we're just praying about where God would have us serve, be a part of a, a local body. And um, we applied to a number of churches and interviewed and different places. And uh, on the bulletin board, there was this little posting of Fellowship Bible Church in Winchester, Virginia. Oh, yeah. And uh, so I, you know, thought, you know, we were, we were just open to wherever the Lord was going to mm-hmm. lead us. And, had uh, you ever been to Winchester before? We hadn't. Mm-hmm. No, no. Wow. Barely had been to Virginia. I think Williamsburg was probably the, yeah, and Washington, D.C., yeah. probably the only mm-hmm. Virginia places we'd been to. Mm-hmm. Individually. Yeah. Like yeah. on family vacations. Yeah, sure. I mean, this is not a place that you stop by to go on vacation. Right. You might pass through 81. (laughs) That's about it. Yeah. We did actually, um, I remember as a, you know, probably in junior high, our family went to Williamsburg for family vacation and remember distinctly driving down Skyline Drive. Hmm. So I'm Mm -hmm. sure at some point I was in the area and got got on in Front Royal and and, uh, down Skyline Drive and Took the long way to win. That is the long yeah, way. it is. Yeah. Wow. But yeah, it was fun. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, growing up, you know, you, you I will kind of segue here into this Christmas season. Um, what what kind of family traditions did you guys have, you know, individually growing up? But then maybe as you guys had church and celebrations and things like that, did you, were you raised in a Christian home? That's kind of the first thought and question, each of you. And then, so what kind of celebrations and fun things did you guys do around the season? Right. You want to go first? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, I grew up in, uh, my grandfather was a pastor hmm. um, in Philadelphia. And uh, Christmas time for me uh, really was about church. Um, my grandparents were just the best people. Um, my mom loved Santa Claus, and she wow. even had a nativity yeah. set that had Santa on bended knee on his knees, and he was worshiping the Savior. It was cool. <laughs> I, I I think my sister ended up getting that. Um, my mom always had cookies and 
Christmas trees and we had a, I remember as a little girl, we'd go for the Christmas Eve service. And then afterwards, the church, everyone there would go downstairs to um, the fellowship hall, I guess it was called. Um, and it was just this large room and um in we'd have cookies. My mom, as the pastor's wife, made sure every child went home with a. Do you remember the Hershey box kisses yeah. Yeah. gift packs? Oh yeah! Every child went home with one of those. That's that was amazing. The coolest thing. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I I really like that. Um. But in the middle of the evening, um, uh, there you know it was a party a festive party, um, Santa Claus would stop his travels to visit our church. No kidding. And wow. um, we would have, a, all the children would have time with Santa. And then, you know, my my pop-up would emphasize, he's got to get on his way because <laughs> he needs to finish. Um, but yeah, that that was a Conversions fun of traditions there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Church and Santa Claus. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that was great. Mike, how about you? Yeah, so I didn't grow up in a Christian home. Um, my sister was the first one to to trust Christ as her Savior, and then myself and my brother and my older sister eventually later. But my both, you know, our parents were not believers. Um, so church and Jesus weren't really a part of um, kind of our tradition. Um, but we had just lots of great traditions from making sure the House was decorated with lights on the outside. You know, every year we'd climb up on the roof and put up the lights. And um, we had Christmas some, vacation, right? Yeah, right, Staple yeah, them all in. Yeah, yeah. One by one. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I remember distinctly um, in high school um, being up on the roof with my dad, who wasn't a believer, and I was. And uh, we just couldn't get the lights to work. And, you know, we were just both getting frustrated. And he was, you know, wanting to lose his school when, uh, you know, things got, got tough like that, you know, remember, um, many times. And, uh, I just remember praying at that point, you know, praying that the lights would work and plugged them back in and they came on and he's like, what did you do? what did you do? And I said, I just prayed that they would come on. He's like, no, that, that couldn't be it, you know, <laughs> as an unbeliever. And, you know, just little seeds like that over probably 30 years with my parents, um, hmm. Uh, they, they eventually trusted Christ um, before they both passed away. Yeah, digging. I, I want to ask that question. Yeah. It just kind of, it's not necessarily a Christmas story, but you know how how you came to become a believer. Mm -hmm. You know, through your, I guess your sister was the first one, but then really, what in a, in a short story, kind of what did that look like over the many years for your parents? Um, yeah, I mean, they. they uh, my mom was, you know, her her um, kind of life motto was, you know, it, what people think about you when you're gone is what's most important. So she lived a life that was probably <laughs> more exemplary than many believers live because <laughs> uh, she was just so concerned about what others, how people would remember her. Yeah. And, uh, you know, she, uh, she was a nurse uh, all her career and uh, just would go out of her way to, to help yeah. people and care for people and send notes and bake stuff for people. And, so Christmas cookies were uh, a, a great um, tradition growing up. Mm -hmm. I remember uh, down in my dad's office underneath his desk, she would keep all the cookie tins mm -hmm. and uh, we would try to sneak in there and, and, and raid the, you know, probably <laughs> 12 to 15 different types of cookies that she had baked over the month that yeah. she would give to neighbors and 
coworkers and things like that. And, mm-hmm. and, and always, you know, we'd have them at, at our Christmas dinner. Um, so that was a part of it. Hmm. Um, you know, some of the other traditions were, uh, uh, you know, that, that I remember was um, Christmas Eve, we would put a shoe out uh, mm-hmm. outside of our bedroom door. And when we woke up, there would be a, a little um, present in there. Um, so it was kind of a, Neat. I think it's a German tradition. And uh, this one that we've carried over to our, our family. And, and uh, you know, I think it's more of the parents want to uh, sleep in a little bit longer. So yeah. there's a little something to tide the kids over, um, yeah. a little toy that can hold them over. Um, it, it worked really well. So what was it that led your mom, your dad to the Lord? Yeah. So um, uh, just, again, the the... I think the testimony of the other kids, mm-hmm. um, their um, friends, you know, uh, some of their good friends were um, a pastor and his wife from our church growing up. Mm-hmm. And uh, they just, you know, accepted them unconditionally and mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. were faithful witnesses to them. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom got involved with uh, a Christian women's club Bible study. And I think trusted Christ through that. Um, they started going to a Calvary Chapel in Philadelphia, and uh, my dad loved it because um, he was you know, very uh, skeptical and critical of, of Christians for being hypocritical. Yeah, um, mm. you know. So, and the pastor um, Joe Foch at Calvary Chapel was, I don't care, you know, how you dress or you know how you show up, as long as you bring your Bible, mm. and uh, you know that. To, to my dad, that was really refreshing, and uh, he he served as an usher there at the church even before he was a believer. Okay, and uh, wow. I think yeah. eventually, yeah. you know, hearing that the word taught and the gospel presented in in that setting, um, you know, he eventually trusted Christ, and mm. uh, you know, a great blessing was um, we got to see him publicly um, profess his faith at believer's baptism mm. um, before he died. Mm. Uh, the last year of his life, he, he battled lung cancer, and uh, shortly into that battle, um, he wanted to, to get baptized and, and tell people he had trusted Christ, which That's was neat. Tuss was like, we'd never mm-hmm. even dreamed that that was possible, yeah. that, that that day would come. And yeah. uh, just mm-hmm. what a testament to, yeah. to God, yeah, working, yeah, you know, and that's that that's probably the best Christmas story that you can yeah, share. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and you mentioned that you did pass on some of the traditions. Lori, I'll, I'll ask you, I mean, you guys have a family. You have yep. three children. Mm-hmm. And um, growing up, what what did you guys do as a family? Did you kind of carry over any of those things that you guys had growing up as as children? Do you have to Okay. Okay. Yeah, we carried some. Uh, it, uh, attending church service on uh, Christmas Eve is very important. Mm-hmm. Um, reading the Christmas story was important to us um, in the Gospels. Um, I think, though, we did some things differently. I said that I grew up with Santa and the Nativity, right. Right. and and that was you know cool to me. I I really enjoyed that. Um, but uh, Mike and I had decided early on that for our family we didn't want the emphasis to be on the on the gifts mm. and the presents mm-hmm. and um we ended up deciding to do three gifts of the wise men so mm. our kids um got three specific gifts um each year for christmas and then we carried do you want to talk about the stockings yeah so another thing that that probably both of us grew up with was um 
stockings um, that you know you hung. We, we have a little wooden mantle. We don't yeah. have a fireplace, but um, yeah. we, we have a mantle uh, that the Mark and Lisa Carey passed on to us. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's in our living room. So we hang the stockings up there. And uh, sometime Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, but usually Christmas Eve, um, you know, we have purchased just little you know, necessities for the year and just right. little, little, uh, gift I- items, um, get wrapped and, and stuffed into the stockings. And, uh, we sit around and just unpack those stockings and unwrap mm-hmm. those gifts. And it's just fun to kind of collect little, little, uh, you know, items that throughout the year that we yep. know we're going to go mm-hmm. into a, a stocking. That's mm-hmm. cool. Uh, gift. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And then you, the kids at night, um, would lay out, uh, choose a shoe yeah. and, yeah, so I, I try to remember to um, stay up late enough that they're already asleep and right. stick. You know, usually um, we, we're a big game family, so mm-hmm. we, I've, in the years past, I've tried to find little um, card games or you know some kind of game that would go in that or a little toy. Um, mm-hmm. We got them the uh, those, those big balloons that one yeah. one year. Yeah, yeah silly putty, another yeah, yeah. yeah. like just something at- fun, goofy yeah. stuff. Yeah. I mean, when you're a yeah. kid, you're like, hey, the more stuff, the better, yeah. right? Yeah. Just keep it rolling. Just yeah. let the yeah. stock is come. And did you guys actually use real stockings, or was it like a, a like a, a uh, so pre purchase um, kind of? Uh, my mom was um, cross stitcher and crocheter, and mm-hmm. uh, she had made when I was. As long as I remember, I don't know when she made them, but she mm-hmm. made individual um, knitted stockings okay. mm-hmm. for our my siblings, yep. and they had our name on it. Mm-hmm. And then uh, when we got married, she made one for Lori, and then she also she made yeah. ones for the for each of our kids. Eight. Yeah, mm-hmm. so you got the the, yeah. the official monogram mm-hmm. name. <clears throat> Hand stitched, yeah. and they're all a little stockings. different, and, you know, yeah. unique in their own way. Yeah, but, sure, yeah. of course, kind of get that personality out yeah. there. Mm-hmm. Well, back to what one of the things that you said, Lori. The first thing that came to mind was going to church, mm-hmm. and and so just kind of in this season of where we are as a, as a body at Fellowship Bible Church, mm-hmm. we we attempt to kind of I think have certain traditions, but I think there's some things that maybe are non traditional. Mm-hmm. And, and Mike, here for you and your position here as worship pastor, how do you see FBC in our season of Christmas? Christmas, really shaping out, not just this year, but just what's the value that we really try to implement here at FBC? Yeah. So, you know, for some, the only important Christmas service is the Christmas Eve, um, you know, as celebrating Christmas. But we, we try to um, recognize that and even the, the church throughout the history, the church calendar has celebrated Advent and mm-hmm. uh, it's it's the four weekends four Sundays um, leading up to Christmas Eve and it's a it's a way to kind of put yourself in the shoes of those who anticipated the first coming Advent is mm. Latin for coming mm-hmm. and and put yourself in the shoes of those who anticipated the promises being fulfilled of a savior and uh, you know it it is a, a time of expectation and preparation for that that cel- ultimate celebration of, of Jesus birth um, yeah. so those weeks leading up to Christmas, the, the Sundays, Saturday evenings, um, are just a, a time for us to to point people towards that, mm. um, to celebrate Advent, to to anticipate, prepare our hearts um, for that ultimate celebration of yeah. God taking on flesh. And here at FBC, in a, 
every year is a little different, right? I mean, right. there's not a, a standard way that we do this kind of Advent. I mean, if you're a, at a more traditional church, there's the liturgical way of doing it. And every year you get the same routine, same drill. And, and here, I think there is a little goal to be more creative or to tell the story in a fresh way. Is, is that yeah, how so, you see it? Yeah, each, each year we kind of, and some, some years we start earlier than others. Sometimes we're, we're planning Christmas in January or uh, July. Yeah. And, uh, you know, kind of thinking through what is it that that's going to help us tell the story? What is it that's mm -hmm. going to help us prepare people to celebrate the, the birth of Christ and uh, try to find some kind of um, hook or storyline that that will will do that. Some years we've used Advent cal candles. Mm -hmm. um, some years we've um, kind of added things to the stage to kind of build an anticipation expectation. Um, we used a a railroad passport theme one. That's year. right. And uh, yep. people got little, it was called Passport to Christmas. And each week they got a new stamp that went into their book. But but each of those stamps um, told told part of the, the story of, of Christ's coming. And, and I think uh, that's probably salvation. our tradition is that every year is a little different, right. but the, it's the content that drives the tradition. Yeah. And it's the content that really points people every single week of Advent, especially in this Christmas season, to Christ right. and the reason for his birth and the reason for why he came and, and our call to that. And that's, I mean, I'm a part of the worship ministry. So for those of you guys that don't know, I'm a little biased in that standpoint, but I hear it from people. I, I hear the appreciation of the creativity. So speaking for those voices, thank you for that, because there's the the creative component that that is unique, that draws people into worship each and every week. Right. And that I think is appreciative um, for the body. So how about this year? You know, we, we kind of got a little taste of it this past week of what that looks like. Explain kind of where we are for this season of Humble King. Yeah, so it was interesting. Um, you know, just this year obviously has been uh, an unusual year. Hmm. And uh, just looking at each year, we, we kind of like, wh where are people at? And what what do they need to hear this this time of the year? Mm. And uh, just seeing the um, division and divisiveness and um, kind of anger and um, really pride, it, it came down to us. Just mm. thought you know, there, there's so much pride. You know, people think that they have the right answer and everyone else is wrong. Yeah. And uh, when we look at Christ taking on flesh, the incarnation, and look at Philippians 2, we really see um, someone who has every right to be prideful and every right to be, um, you know, everything that should be worshipped. and Right. Uh, but didn't consider equality with God something to be grasped, but emptied himself mm. and, and humbled himself, took on the form of a servant. Mm. And uh, we thought, what a what a incredible contrast to to where we are at in our culture today um, with the humble king. And uh, you know, we thought people need to hear that. Yeah, we need to to turn people's attention towards that. Yeah, and yeah. and the call within that passage is also for us to have that same attitude and to humble ourselves. You know, so we're. We're following Christ's example. We're walking in his steps of, of humility. Mm. And what a great picture to the world. Um, and what the world needs is to see believers who aren't prideful, aren't um, just right. 
you know, being um, divisive, but but are humbling themselves yeah. and, and pointing people to Christ. It is such a great it's contrast. Those two words are just contrasting. So I was a part of the Sermon Spotlight um, podcast that we released this week where we kind of shared and dove into that concept a little bit more as well. And it's funny. I mean, the the, the conversation ends up looking like that is such a contrasting dichotomy of just two words of what a king looks like and being born a king. Um, I even admitted, so been watching and binging the crown and and I'm not advocating that show by any means, but (laughs) I'm not really even a fan of it, but I'm watching. I'm like, just the the attitude that even, uh, monarchy in today's society has of the expectations of people to serve them right. and to mm-hmm. to cater towards them and everything the world revolves around them i can't imagine what it was like 2000 years ago of kingdoms that were you know right. children were born and to have this king like concept that we we know he was born a king and he is our king but the the way that he came and then to use the word humble mm-hmm. and looking at the passage of Philippians is just such a, just a contrast that for this season, like you just said, in our culture today is just unexpected. Right. And, and, and you reference Philippians. Right. Um, I'm curious if you have that passage open, yep. um, let's just hear it because I think it's, it's important for us to, to really dive into that passage and, and we can unpack it week by week, right. which we're going to, right, I think. Right. So let's just hear it um, sure. and read that for us, and we can look at that even more. It's Philippians 2, starting in verse 1. Therefore, if there is any encouragement in Christ, if there is any consolation of love, if there is any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and compassion, make my joy complete by being of the same mind, maintaining the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose. Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourselves. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant, And being made in the likeness of man, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. For this reason also, God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God, the Father. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's so much depth there. And I personally love just the phrase, have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. And then just unpacking the depth and the layers uh, of that. Lori, I'm curious, you know, what, what stands, stands out to you um, from that passage? Okay, you put me on the spot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like the aspect of make my joy complete by being of the same mind, maintaining the hmm. same love, united in spirit and on tent in one purpose. Hmm. To me, that's 
what the church should be about. Yeah. Yeah. And it comes when we have a humble attitude mm-hmm. and not a prideful, mm-hmm. self-centered attitude and right. self-focused and self-serving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So, reflecting on this past week where we were, this yeah. past Sunday, and again, how does this tie in with kind of this a four-week Advent season? You know, in the yeah. tradition, this is not traditional. So, what did we look at this past week and what can we expect? Yeah, so it was interesting. You know, we we came up with this direction of the humble king and... Uh, you know, we, we meet with um, Mark, Carrie, or whoever's teaching um, on a weekly basis and just kind of hear from them what God has laid on their heart to teach. You know, Mark's been in Roman, so, you know, each week he gives us kind of a fresh look at where what God's showing him through that passage. Um, and he came to us and said, you know, I really think that um, I want to take the words of Christ of, of why he came. And, uh, and and spend time in, in the month of December on those. Mm. Um, so that's how we, we merge these two worlds together. Mm. The humble king yeah. in his own words. In his own words. And, uh, yeah. you know, it, and it just, you know, God is, is so good to just point us in, in a direction if we just trust him and yeah. pull ourselves before him that, that all this kind of joined together um, with um, the Philippians 2 passage really wasn't, necessarily on Mark's radar of what he wanted to teach on. But right. um, as, as you look at the the attitude that Christ had, um, he didn't regard, regard equality with God, a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself. So that has the, 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 the connotation that, that he left his throne in heaven mm. um, to come to this world. Mm. Um, so if you saw mm. the ornament on the stage this past week, uh, yeah. you, you saw the world and we close with, um, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Neat. Um, so Jesus came um, to you know proclaim release of cap for the captives and sight for the blind. Uh, you know Mark was in Luke chapter four um, mm-hmm. of what He came to do. He came into this world um, to do that. Mm. And uh, don't want to steal too much of Dennis's thunder <laughs> for this week, but yeah. um, John ten talks about Jesus being the door and. Mm. The, the good shepherd and and leading people to God through that door as the good shepherd. And uh, it's really, you know, a shepherd is a servant. Mm. And, you know, it goes on in Philippians 2 to say, I didn't regard equality with God to something to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking on the form of a bond servant. Mm. Um, so um, this week we're going to focus on the shepherd and uh, the ornaments can be a, a shepherd's crook and a, and a sheep. Um, and then Mark wants to um, do the, the passage that you know Christ didn't come to serve, but to be uh, didn't come to be served, but to serve and yeah. give his life a ransom for many, right? Which is the cross. Yeah. And uh, you know he goes on, became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Mm, so that's week three. Yeah, which yeah. would be week three. Yeah. And then all that um, is is brought back together, and and God. Um, you know, it's, it's this um, passage has this great chiastic um, form. Uh, you know, it's it comes back to the beginning. You know, Christ was, uh, is, and was an equal with God, um, but but he left that. He humbled himself, became obedient, and to death on a cross. And then God exalts God him, exalted and, him and brings yep. him back to that place where every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Mm. So the last week we celebrate the King, 
and uh, it's it's the mm. Mark's going to be in the passage where Jesus is before Pilate, and uh, you know, are you the King of the Jews? And right. I, I came to testify to the truth that yeah, yeah I am the King. <laughs> yeah. Um, not as you think, but as uh, as God has planned. It's it's I mean, uh, it, it's so neat to see God lead these plans. Yeah. And, and I am in those behind the scenes moments and, and being able to have the spirit be a part of the planning process and have the spirit be a part of just forming the Christmas season each and every year, like we've been talking about, to be a little unique and different, right. but tell the same story. Right. And, and that is such a value to to not get old and tired mm -hmm. of this message because we all need to hear it, not just each and every year, but each and every day. Right. And so to to have that unpacked, I'm excited. I'm yep. looking forward to it. And then we obviously have Christmas Eve service mm -hmm. to, to go to where we're going to be having five services right. this year mm -hmm. because of COVID. So quick promo for that. Um, just in, in a couple of words, what does that look like for us? Yeah. So it's it's the, the ultimate celebration of where we've been, um, you know, kind of the same kind of the same um, outline that we've been going through throughout the month. Um, you know, so we have, you know, Christ in his, his greatness and we, we, uh, recognize that. And then his, um, humbling himself, taking on flesh and, um, to the point of, um, coming into this world, uh, to bring salvation. And then we celebrate the humble King who is going to be exalted and, yeah. and, uh, worshiped. And, uh, we'll, we'll do that with, uh, our Christmas music and, and just, gathering together and, yep. um, you know, not a, a spectacular sight and sound production, but, um, you know, kind of reflects the, the humility of the theme and the humility of the season yeah. and, and what we need uh, yeah. to, to point people to Christ. Especially in, like you said, in the season of what we need. Yeah. Yeah, and, and so many people are, are hurting. So many people have sickness, pandemic, job status, you know, family concerns. There's so many things that are happening in our world today. Never mind, just locally here in our community and here in our church. Right. And so the call is for all of us to to gather, to celebrate, to worship, and to recognize that Christ is our King, right. and and we are to to be humble like He is humble. Mm -hmm. And um, and I we see that all throughout our church. Yeah. We see humble servants, right. humble leaders. Yeah. And uh, Lori, I just got to point to you. You you're very quiet and very shy, but I know that behind the scenes you are working. So thank you for that because. Every now and then I pop in and you're stuffing bulletins or doing something mm -hmm. behind the scenes or just in the office and helping, supporting Mike. Mike, thank you too for being that kind of humble leader as well and and leading us and guiding us in this season, but every season of worship. Because it's <clears throat> there's so many churches out there that I think don't have that kind of humility. Mm -hmm. And um, speaking for our congregation, we value the leaders that we have. So... Really appreciate you guys being a part of here, sharing your Christmas stories, sure. and, you know, and and family traditions. Getting a chance to mm -hmm. to get a chance to know you guys even more. Um, you know, I'll leave it to you. Any kind of final thoughts or closing thoughts of that you, you just want to pass on to our listeners and viewers here? Yeah, we're just uh, excited about the month and especially Christmas Eve, and uh, just thankful for. Um, the ability to not only do live services, but but our online mm. services, yeah. and um, you know, uh, at least the 11 a.m. service will be live streamed and then available for on demand because um, we recognize that the people aren't able to to gather in person um, still. So, right, um, we 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 value that 
online community that we have as well and uh, want to, uh, you know, invite them to join us. Yeah. I mean, they're a part of it. Yeah. They're participating. Yep. Yep. So we, we definitely thank you. So just go to the website for those details, yep. fbcva.life. And right there in the homepage, there's the button for Christmas Eve. And you'll see mm. 11 o'clock, 1 o'clock, 5 o'clock, 7 o'clock, and now announced this week, 9 o'clock. So the 5 and 7 are full. Um, children's ministry is still available at 11. So as of this moment, as we're speaking, those are the available times. And, uh, you know, we're going to, we want everybody to experience Christmas Eve here at FBC in person or at home. So thank you guys so much for being here. Thank you for watching and listening, um, whether you're driving or in your car or at home. And you can always add to the comments, go to show notes. You can also um, see the podcast with fbcva.life slash podcast and other resources for that. Um, keep watching and listening. And until we chat again, just by the way, we're going to have a couple more um, testimonies and stories from people here in our church over these next couple weeks as well. We get a chance to hear more Christmas traditions and unpack even more Philippians 2 of the humble king. So um, stay tuned for that. And until we chat again, let Christ be the focus of our lives each and every day.